Welcome to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, a podcast all about leadership, change, and personal growth. The goal? To help you lead like never before in your church or in your business. And now, your host, Carrie Newhoff. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 110 of the podcast. My name is Kerry Newhoff, and I hope our time together today helps you lead like never before. Well, today, a conversation that literally hundreds of you have asked me for, and I have been excited about for a long time, and probably one of the most difficult to schedule episodes of the podcast we've ever had to do in terms of recording it. But I got together with Jeff Henderson, who is the lead pastor at Gwinnett Church, as well as Jeff Brody from Connect. Church, where I've served uh, for the last, uh, well, since we started it nine years ago. And uh, we talked about a transition that I made and Jeff made a year ago, where I stepped out for the very first time in my church leadership life out of the lead pastor seat into a founding and teaching pastor role at Conexus Church. And Jeff Brody stepped up and into the lead pastor role at Conexus. Now, I'm not going to tell you a whole lot more than that because we unpacked this in the course of the interview. And um, man, I got to tell you, this was a really exciting move for a number of different reasons. Uh, first of all, it, it's exciting in the rearview mirror. It's a little bit scary in the front. You know, when you've only ever been a lead pastor, um, you know, what's it like? Can you stay at the same church that you were a part of or that you started it? Or how do you avoid being that guy who just keeps reaching in or criticizing the person who succeeds you? And why would I do it when I'm not ready to retire? I mean, we tackle all of those issues. And then how did Jeff know that it was the right move for him. And how did he fill that first year as lead pastor after following the only leader that, you know, all these people who call Connexus Church home know? But one of the reasons I'm so passionate about bringing this conversation to you and, and in some small way, maybe to the wider church is because we have this massive like succession issue coming up where a lot of us who started churches, maybe, you know, five years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, even 40 years ago in some cases, uh, not my case, it's like we're the only leader that the church has ever known. And, and the question is, you know, will what started with me end with me? Or at least that was my question. And I think we've all seen examples of successions, as we'll talk about in the interview, that have not gone well. Uh, in fact, more often than not, they they tend to not go well. And so Jeff and I tried to engineer something with the help of some incredible elders at our church and and uh, just, you know, great wise counsel around me and around him and around us that I think have helped us engineer by God's grace what I think most people would call a very successful uh, transition of a founding pastor into a founding pastor role, not the lead pastor role, where I still get to play. I still get to be a part of our church in the area I'm most passionate about, but it's also freed up some more time and energy for me to do things like this, like build into you and write books and blogs and resources and and to speak to church leaders and, and to really help a, a passion point of mine, which is the wider church. So really excited about this. Anyway, also want to thank the people who bring you conversations like this. Want to thank Enjoy Stewardship Solution for their uh, sponsorship of this podcast. They're one of my partners, one of our partners. And man, if you've ever been stuck financially and we have been stuck at Connexus Church before, uh, Enjoy has got some amazing resources. So you can go to enjoystewardship.com and they will help your church uh, get more money for ministry 
ministry, which is really what you want. And we are where we are today at Connexus Church by the grace of God, but also through very practical, tangible help from Enjoy itself. Uh, they helped us get into our brand new building, which we moved into last year. It's been fantastic. Helped us uh, reboot our portable campuses, raise more money for day to day ministry. It's been incredible. Also, thanks to EA Help, who again is one of my partners because you wouldn't be hearing this if it wasn't for EA Help. I've been on a, a partnership with them for the last six months, and they have uh, provided an incredible administrative assistant. Her name's Sarah Horn, and she is filling in for my regular assistant who's taken a year off uh, to be with her first child. And so uh, they can help you as well. Whether you need full-time help, part-time help, whatever kind of help you need, go to eahelp.com. And please don't waste your leadership on the things you shouldn't be doing. Get somebody to help you with it. And they can start from very affordable prices and scale right up to like full-time or multiple staff to help you out. So go to eahelp.com to check out what they have to offer. And uh, hey, I just want to say for all of you who listen, who are Canadian church leaders, hang on because next month I launch a brand new podcast called the Canadian Church Leaders Podcast podcast. That's right. And so uh, it's just really for Canadians. Although if you're an American, you can listen if you want. If you're Australian, European, whatever, yeah, you can listen. But it's really going to be about Canadian church leaders. And the goal is this, to help Canadian church leaders reach people period. And we're going to talk about it from a Canadian context. So anyway, uh, watch for that on iTunes. There'll be more details soon. In the meantime, let's jump into this conversation that I have been so excited about bringing you with Jeff Henderson from Gwinnett Church. He's the lead pastor there. Jeff Brody, my lead pastor, my boss now at Connexus Church and I talking about the transition I made and we made last year. Here we go. Well, it's uh, been a long time coming, but I am so excited to uh, finally be able to sit down with Jeff Henderson and Jeff Brody to talk about a change that Jeff Brody and I made last year, where I stepped out of the lead pastor chair at Connexus Church after starting the church eight years ago. And Jeff Brody, who, Jeff, at that time, you were executive director at Connexus Church. That's right. Has been the lead pastor for about a year. And Jeff Henderson, the permanent guest host here at the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast, <laughs> is with us in Atlanta. Hey, Jeff. This is the second not so hostile takeover. It is. I, 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 I can it. see you starting a franchise. And you're starting your own podcast, right? <laughs> That's right. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. T- well, first of all, I'm just asking people to call me Carrie. <laughs> That's that's one. That's all. I'm so so sorry to hear that. But my southern accent gives it away. So so yeah, it gives it away. So yeah, so we're a friend. A couple few friends of mine are uh, just helping people, whether they're trying to launch a business or a church or a nonprofit or whatever. There's certain leadership principles uh, that you can help people launch, and uh, we're uh, so we're we're doing. That's going to be fun. It's just kind of a little bit of a side hobby. And then uh, another friend of mine and I are starting something for fathers to help bless their sons called Champion Tribes and. So, we're excited so do you about like that. starting so, things, Jeff? I do. I, I'm I, I'm following in your footsteps. So uh, I'm a serial starter, unfortunately, I guess. Well, we're all starting. Jeff Brody uh, starting into the lead pastor role almost a year now. Yep. And uh, we're going to let Jeff Henderson do what he said he would do and take over the podcast. So you be the interviewer. We will be the guests from this point on. Sound like a plan? It's well, it's my honor to, to do this. And you know what's interesting is the reason I'm doing this, if you guys remember, I was there when the transition actually yeah, happened. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I, I had come up, Shane Benson, uh, a friend of mine from Chick-fil-A, would come up to do a leadership training for Connexus Church. And Carrie, I remember you saying, 
you, you kind of stopped and you said, this is the first day that I'm no longer the senior pastor at Connexus yeah. Church. And I was there and it was, it was amazing. It was like a, a country takeover. It was awesome. There was no shots fired. Was <laughs> Very Canadian. Like it was perfectly peaceful. It was a bloodless was coup. Yeah. You did a great job, Jeff. That's right. But it was perfectly peaceful and it was wonderful. And here you guys are and you've, you've managed this transition so incredibly well. And so Carrie. As you've told me, you've gotten so many questions, and Jeff, I'm sure you have as well, about how did this transition take place? What, How is it working? So we want to dive into that because part of leadership, we don't really talk about this a lot in leadership world, part of leadership is transition. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to be around. We're not, there will always be, if it's a thriving organization, there will be another leader that comes along along the way. So Kerry, first of all, before we dive into transitions, Talk about the role that you played at Connexus Church over the years. Yeah, well, I started it. And like for 20 years, I had only ever been a lead pastor at first within the context of a mainline denomination, the Presbyterian Church in Canada, where I was a lead student pastor, like not as in, in charge of students, but just when I was a student, I was the pastor. And then when I graduated, so I'd only ever been in that chair in the church world ever, other than, you know, a little bit of part-time work as a student pastor, truly when I was in seminary. And so, you know, it was, it was, uh, that was the role I had played in the startup days when we were a small church, right up until, you know, we crossed a thousand barrier in attendance and, you know, multi-staff and multi-site and the whole deal. But, um, yeah, it that would that had been my role, and I just got increasingly perplexed by this question, which is, hey, is what started with me going to end with me? And you know, the whole business of succession really started to weigh heavily on my mind and uh, led us into a series of conversations, which led to me uh, stepping into this new role for myself and and asking the elders to invite Jeff in into the role of lead pastor last year. Right. So I want to talk about that meeting and that approach. But before we go there, Kerry, Jeff, tell us about your role and what you were doing before becoming the lead pastor. Yeah, I uh, before I got into ministry, I was a uh, high school teacher for three years and taught uh, English and business and history, did that for three years, and then uh, really had a heart for student ministry in the midst of that uh, from some of my camp background, that kind of thing. And so uh, really started to pray about that and pursue that. An opportunity opened up for me to be involved in student ministry at another church uh, called Chartwell Baptist Church, a great place um, outside of Toronto. Uh, they had four locations at the time, and I oversaw student ministry there for eight years. And then the opportunity came to uh, move to Connexus and uh, move there to kind of really get the student ministry rolling. Uh, Connexus has existed for, I think, just under a year at that yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much in startup mode. And uh, yeah, so I we moved to Connexus, my wife Leslie and I and her kids. And then I spent about four years there building the student ministry from scratch at both the locations and really getting that rolling and then took the executive director position uh, for about the next three years, two and a half, three years, and then moved into this lead pastor position for about a year. That's fantastic. So by all accounts, everything's going great. The The church is thriving. And so the logical question, Kerry, is why in the world did you prompt, <laughs> what prompted you to approach the elders to say, hey, I think I want to have a transition now that everything's going great. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good question, you know, because I, I, it goes back years ago to when I was with one of my good friends who leads a very large church in our country. And we we're both around the same age. And we were in our early, maybe mid-40s. 
And we were already starting to talk about succession. And so we kind of made this deal, hopefully a holy deal, that by the time we were 55, we would not be leading our churches day to day anymore, even if we wanted to, because we had both seen leaders hang on too long and we're both really committed to a younger generation. And then last year I turned 50, which was actually not the trigger point. It was a good point to reflect, but that me turning 50 was not the, the trigger point. And if I can say so, Jeff, I turned 50 at the same, in the same year you turned 40. That's right. Am I allowed to say that? You are allowed Otherwise to say that. Otherwise we have that. to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Jeff's a full decade younger than me. But I have the silver hair, so... That's right. Yeah. People ask me, do you dye your hair? It's like, no, not yet. Anyway, but <laughs> my <laughs> kids think I dye mine silver. So the silver Fox, Jeff Brody. And, and so, um, what really precipitated it for me, Jeff was, um, we, we had just finished under Jeff Brody's direction, an incredible building project. We moved into our first permanent facility, a multi-million dollar facility. It looked fantastic. It was, and Jeff had really taken the lead. I mean, I raised the money and I cast the vision around it and obviously had input at the macro level, but Jeff really not only managed that project, but led that project and did an outstanding job. And when we moved in, you know, the craziness of moving into a building, Jeff Henderson, cause you just did it at Gwinnett church. And right. after about a month, the dust clears and you kind of look around and you go, Oh, okay. What's next? And I was starting to do that uh, just over a year and a half ago. And I realized, oh my goodness, we, we have actually done everything we said we were going to do as a church. Like as far as our strategic planning process goes, we'd done what we said we were going to do. And it was time to find a new vision and kind of set in for another three to five year plan. We also had a couple of staff positions we need to fill. And as I was reflecting over that, I mean, I had some objectives I wanted to see accomplished, but a couple things happened. Number one, I realized, wow, if I, if I do a three to five year plan, I'll be 55 by the time it's executed. And I looked at Jeff, who was turning 40 and thought, if I was Jeff, would I still want to sit around? Because we were all talking about what we were going to do on the other side. Would I want to sit around and do this, you know, just wait for another five years? And I wasn't sure I would. And so I talked to Jeff about it and Jeff hadn't, you know, you, you didn't ever talk about leaving, but you were definitely looking for a new challenge. And you knew that you had been stretched enough as a leader that you probably didn't want to go into some maintenance role. Is right. that fair? That's right. Yeah. So, so Jeff, so talk about that. It, it, what did it feel like? So Carrie is talking to the elders. What did it feel like for you to be entering into that discussion? Yeah, it was really interesting and unique situation. Of course, there's nothing that really, I think, prepares you for that. But um it was really clear to me working with Carrie side by side as we looked at the future of our church, we looked at our desire to reach people who don't know Jesus, that um, it was time for us to to do something to kind of take, move us forward, as Carrie was saying. And uh, I knew that Carrie's a passion around the day-to-day leadership of the church um, was starting to diminish a little bit as mm-hmm. uh, there's an oppor- you know opportunities for him outside Connexus, opportunities for him inside Connexus. He was passionate about the mission, as passionate as he always was, passionate about communicating, but his passion for leading the day-to-day was diminishing. And so I knew we would need to do something in that area as well, uh, knowing it was time for whatever was next. We had some staff transitioning, as Kerry said at that time. And so as I looked at the situation... It was really clear to me, given Kerry's age and stage uh, that was kind of coming on the horizon, given where his passion level was at, I knew that we needed to make 
some sort of move when it came to leadership of the church. And whether that person was me or not me, I remember being in an elders meeting and saying, well, if, if, if I really feel that God doesn't want me to do this, then we need to start having a conversation about who, um, because this really is something we need to do as a church. So in some senses, it did feel personal about me, but in some senses, I really felt this is the way that organization needs to go. We need the next young leader, whoever that is, and we need to start that now. And if God says that's me, then great. Um, And if it isn't me, then we really need to hurry up and get working on it. Yeah. And I think what Jeff said too, that that's the other part of the story as well. I am kind of a startup guy. You know, the older you get, the more you learn about yourself. And I love new and I love fresh. And I realized too, that while in the same way, we'd probably be launching new campuses in an online campus, you know, we launched the online thing uh, six months ago. What really drove me was, was not the things that our church needed at that time organizationally. Jeff and before you, Nadine Russell, who served on our staff, did an incredible job as we hit the five, 600 level, you know, as a church plant, putting the structure in place. And Les McEwen, who will be a guest on this podcast, or maybe by, by the time this airs, has been a guest on this podcast, wrote Predictable Success. And a great organization that's in Predictable Success has that that balance between great vision and great systems. And I do not like great systems. They do not energize me. I know we need them, but like being in the meetings, the meetings that I found myself in, which is about operations and systems and forms, which I'm the first guy to say we absolutely need, they, they were draining for me. They're very energizing to Jeff Brody. The other thing I would say that was a big factor for me is I'd done this for two decades and, you know, we're in Canada and I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying when you look over the landscape, the number of people qualified to take over a church like this, uh, like Conexus, is very, very small. I mean, there's not just this, you know, huge surplus of Canada. It's like North Point. Who's going to take over for Andy one day? You know, like, it's not like there's a thousand overqualified candidates to do that. And I knew without a doubt that the only guy I had ever worked with who would get my full confidence in doing this was Jeff Brody. And so if Jeff, you know, if I held on for another five years and Jeff, for whatever reason, decided to go, we were back at ground zero. Not that... Not that that would be a problem and God couldn't provide, but my goodness, when, when I had somebody as capable as Jeff Brody sitting there willing to do it, although that took some convincing, I think, or processing, <laughs> processing, processing, um, I, I would be a fool to let this go. And the third thing that was, or fifth or wherever we're at in the list, the other thing that was, <laughs> that was factoring in my mind was I felt like we were going out on top. The church was growing. It was in good shape financially. Uh, we were reaching new families. We were accomplishing our mission. And I really wanted to avoid Brett Favre syndrome where I just played one or two seasons too long and limped off the field, not personally, but even for the sake of Conexus. Like, aren't you in a better place if you can hand over a strong, vibrant church to a successor than if you hand over something that's weak or limping? And, and, and finally, finally, and then we'll get on to this, the other factor in my mind, and, and I guess I could see that in me, you know, I got a lot of passion, a lot of excitement, but I've seen way too many leaders. When I was a young leader, I saw way too many guys in their 50s and 60s hanging on for the pension, hanging on for the retirement date. And they, they had stopped leading a long time ago and they were phoning it in. And for me, 
I wasn't phoning in the mission. I still love teaching, but there were parts of the job where I really thought, gosh, I'm going to have to be in a lot of meetings that frankly just don't make me passionate at this stage of my life. But I know we need to have those meetings. And I thought the conditions could potentially be there for me in a few years to end up being one of those guys who's who's sort of you know, absent more than present when you need to be fully present, fully engaged, fully dialed in. And I look at Jeff Brody and none of that stuff is true. So that led into those conversations last summer. Yeah. yeah, And I think one of the pieces to kind of highlight that's important is for me, I'm not passionate about communicating from the platform as far as preaching on a regular basis. That's never really at this point been a goal of mine. And so there's part of me that thought, ah, I may never be a lead pastor uh, if I, I, the opportunity might never come my way because it always comes with a regular preaching schedule, which uh, I didn't have a desire to do. And so this was a really unique opportunity as Carrie could continue to communicate, um, but I could lead the church. And so that made a really unique conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting and fascinating about this transition, though, is that, Carrie, you haven't left Connexus Church. No. It's not like you you know, if you've left and you've gone on to another church, you're the teaching pastor, which is a beautiful thing to see, but some from the outside could say, well, doesn't that make Jeff's job more complicated because you're still around? I mean, do people look to you or do they look to Jeff? So explain yeah. that role, how that's working. Totally. I mean, and, and from a really interesting perspective, Jeff is my boss right now. Like I work for him and I report to him. I don't report directly to the elders anymore. So I took a guess you could say demotion or org chart, right? Right. As the founding and teaching pastor to move into this new role, but it was one that I happily and voluntarily made. Yeah. And just to highlight that, cause I think, I think it's important for people to understand um, that the mission is the greatest good here. Yeah. And so the humility that was required, I think by Carrie, the day it really hit me was Carrie said, well, I want to show you my travel schedule to just make sure that all the dates are okay with you and that like this all works out for Conexus. And it, that moment felt like a huge, obviously a significant role reversal for me. And for him to do that, to, to voluntarily, I didn't come to him and say, you have to have that approved by me, or I have to have a look at that. For him to say, hey, I want to make sure that this is okay with you because the mission of Conexus is the greatest good for me, I think is a great picture of what that looked like. I think if there's a secret ingredient that has made this transition go, I would say, honestly, my assessment would be as well as anything goes on this side of heaven right? It's not like we'll talk about the couple of tension points or whatever, which honestly were, you know, they barely registered on any kind of scale. But like, I think what made, has made and is making this trend, the transition's been made, but making this relationship so great is exactly what Jeff said. This is about the mission. It is not about my role in an organization. It's not even with all due respect about Jeff's role in the organization. We just, we have a mission that we're both committed to that is bigger than me and bigger than him and honestly bigger than us. And when we have kept the mission central, and I think Jeff's done an outstanding job of that, I think that's what's made this so easy for us. And you're right, Jeff Henderson. I mean, I... I didn't want to leave our church. I still loved our church. I was not burnt out. Actually, I burned out a decade ago. I'm not burnt out now. I I love our church. I believe in the mission and I kind of wanted to stay. I also realized seeing this done poorly and also talking to experts in the process of discerning all this last summer, that this is where 
train wrecks happen, you know, shipwrecks happen where Jeff starts doing something and I'm like, oh, well, I never would have done that. And so we had to negotiate early on some principles and agreed upon, yeah, things that Jeff and I just said, this is how we're going to behave in the transition. So one of the things I did was I announced to all the staff as we were going into this transition, look, here's how I'm going to behave. When you ask me how I think Jeff Brody is doing, I'm going to tell you Jeff's doing a fantastic job. That's my answer. So it doesn't matter when you ask me, where you ask me, how you ask me, that's the answer. And we told our elders the same thing. Secondly, if you ask me what I think about an issue and it's not in my wheelhouse, like a sermon or something like that, I'm going to say, you should ask Jeff. And so in the first month, like in November of last year, I was still copied on a whole lot of emails and, you know, because people are getting used to that, right? They're getting used to this yeah. idea that, oh my goodness, the guy who started this isn't the leader anymore. There's this new guy who, who is a leader and everybody wants to respect everybody. So I would be not blind carbon copied. I think that's unhealthy, but like legitimately carbon copied on emails and people would go like, so Carrie slash Jeff or Jeff slash Carrie, hey, we're thinking about this and like, just email after email, email, I'm like, hey, I think that's Jeff's call. Thanks for asking Jeff. What do you think? Or yeah, you know what? I'm anxious to see what Jeff has to say about that. Thanks. You know, and then eventually people just stopped emailing me, which was, which was brilliant. Like, and, 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 and there was no tension in that. Like, I just think, hey, that's Jeff's job. And, and nobody really asked me, like pulled me aside, you know, in that hushed tone, like, well, what do you really think of Jeff? Nobody asked me that. But if they ever would, they knew what my answer would be. And that right. really, really helped. Well, and I think what you're also, de- I think for showing all of us in an amazing way, when you talk about, both of you talk about the, the goal is the mission is humility. This will require extraordinary humility. And so what you did to Jeff to say, here's my schedule. What do you think? And then Jeff, I think even though you say, it, you know, preaching's not one of my things that really makes me passionate, even though you're a good communicator, a great communicator. But when you put Carrie back up on the stage, that shows humility on your part as well. And security. Like, Absolutely. you know, to have the founder around all the time. I don't know. What was that? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, what do I think? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me, I, I look at Carrie's communication gifts. So I look at it, I just never, I don't really look at it that way. The way I look at it is this. We just want to reach as many people as we can. And Carrie's the best communicator we got. And um, so we need to get him and his and 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 the message of the gospel that he's preaching on as many platforms as possible. And I actually in the early days used to say to people, I would say, no, Kerry isn't leaving. We're doubling down on his teaching. And because people would say that, oh, does this mean that Kerry's on his way out? I said, no, Kerry's more engaged in the mission than ever. But we're doubling down on the gift that God's given him because we know that allows him to reach as many people as possible. And so what happened in that case was. And um, the elders, I would say people in our congregation would tell you this, Carrie's preaching just got better and better and better. And part of that was our facility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just and I was really a, crappy before. A too. good environment. <laughs> he had a long way to go. <laughs> I had a no. long way to go. Yeah. yeah. But um, his preaching got better because he had the ability to focus more on the content. But I think my new learning, I think, in the last month is it's gotten better because he's had more time to focus on the people he's preaching to, uh, and the audience, and and for me, I look at it as yeah, we want carry on the platform as much as possible, and, and we have Andy Stanley who communicates as well on screen, does a great job for us. We want to have. 
the most effective people in reaching unchurched people on the platform as we can, on all of our platforms, online, live, wherever we're at. Yeah. And God's God is honoring and will honor that kind of humility and commitment to the mission, uh, which I just think is is phenomenal. Well, and if, Jeff, let me. Okay, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to ask Jeff one question about there's there's a pressure you don't have and there's a pressure you do have. Uh, there's a, the pressure you don't have is Jeff. Here's Connexus Church. It's a train wreck. Turn it around. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's good. That's the good news. Yeah. The bad news is Jeff. Here's Connexus Church. Don't mess it up. So, right. so got, right. I mean, there's a pressure. And if you had to choose a pressure, I would choose the pressure you have of, hey, things are going well. Um, but there isn't this pressure like, oh, I got to turn this this thing around. So how do you stay true to, hey, things are going well, but then where are there things that you say, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that? Do you go to Kerry and get his input? How, how's all that working? Yeah. So there's, a, there's kind of a progression, a journey there. Um, in the early days... I used to say to Carrie, I feel like I'm wearing a suit that's too big and you're wearing a suit that's too small and we're both trying to get used to it. And it was a little bit like that. I felt like that's a good. kid in a big suit kind of fumbling around. And and I probably talked to Carrie at that point every day on the phone at yeah, least once so. a day. Um, and and every decision I make, every decision I make in the first year is really for the first time. And so uh, trying to process that and what that means and having Carrie as a resource uh, has been a has been a huge gift as we kind of make decisions moving forward. At the same time, Carrie and I have really different leadership styles. Uh, I'm a real collaborative leader. I like to um, have a core group of people who are really with me, giving their input fairly regularly, not a big group, but a small group. And so um, when we started to talk about what changes we needed to make, in the early days, I had some conversations with Carrie, but now I have a lot more of those conversations with that group, and that was kind of a progression. And then sometimes I'll take something out of that group that's our leadership team that's closest to me and say, hey, Carrie, this is what we're talking about right now. What do you think about that? I'll often kind of bring it to him uh, on the side. I think the other thing that happened behind the scenes, I think, um, really changed the dynamic of how I operated and how I made changes was... Uh, Carrie had mentioned there were a few staff who came off staff, uh, but we had a, a number of staff who had said were kind of ending prior to this transition. And then after the transition, we had a few other staff who transitioned off as well. All of those people are close friends of mine. Many of them I was in the trenches with for a long time. They're all excited about our mission, and they all still go to our church. Yeah, we have a lot of former staff at our yeah. church, which at, is a healthy sign. Right. At one point, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I said we're going to have more former staff who attend the church than staff who actually work at the church. But um, <laughs> but what happened was um, then it created really a staff shortage for us. And so what that created in our staff culture was what I call a new foxhole. So what happened in the early days when Connexus launched, there's a group of us who have a lot of war stories from that time, and we have a bond that, um, that kind of lives on. And anybody who joined after that, it takes a while to break into that band of brothers, I think. And what's happened now is with that short staff and the transition and all that happening at once, that has created, in a sense, a new foxhole experience and really gelled our staff now. So to hire 50% new staff, bring everybody on, we got a fair bit younger staff-wise and kind of jumping in and creating that foxhole then allows, I am clearly the, the leader at that point if I wasn't before. And right. uh, at that point, then it's easier for me to make changes because the team is rallied around my leadership and where we're headed. 
The other, the other thing that you never had, which a lot of successors have, is because I stuck around. You couldn't throw me under the bus publicly. It's like, well, you know, the way the church used to be run, blah, 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 <laughs> which is, which honestly, I mean, that's, and, and there's a dysfunctional part to that, but there's a healthy part to that is, is you're like, hey, my leadership is going to be about, but you've done a great job of honoring the legacy without being married to it. And one of the things I said to our elders very clearly on, on more than one occasion and to our key leaders is, look, Conexus will be different under Jeff's leadership. And it should be different. It absolutely should be. Because if I stuck around for another five years, I was going to change a bunch of stuff too. And so don't make this, you know, a, a heritage to the past thing where all of our best days are behind us. No, 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 no. We're doing this because we think our best days are ahead of us. And frankly, it's going to take a fresh vision and fresh leadership to get us to a new stage. It's just not going to come from me. It's going to come from Jeff. And so right. I want it as a leader to be able to give everybody permission to break with the past rather than creating this little culture club or an us or them, or, you know, those of us who were before Jeff or after Jeff, like I'm, I'm more excited about the vision of our church now than I have been in a long time. I just think Jeff's doing a fantastic job and he's got a fresh vision that we've just recently unveiled and in, are in the process of publicly unveiling. And honestly, it's different than what I would have created, but I think it's better than what I would have created. And I'm, I'm just pumped about it. And, I, and I, I'm new to the role, not new to the church, which is a different yeah, type yeah, of yeah. transition. So when we made decisions in the past, I was in the rooms when we made those decisions. So I have my opportunity to voice my concerns then. If the I other thing that, that we did too that we hadn't talked about, just in terms of getting everyone to switch loyalties, was the principle we stumbled on really early, and, and fortunately we did, was public presence for me but private absence. So that if you just sat in the back at Conexus, which we never encourage, but if you ever just sat in the back and were a casual attender, you probably wouldn't notice that there was even a leadership change in the early days. Right. Because I taught as much or maybe a couple Sundays more than I was before. And you and I did a lot of shared vision casting in those first few months where we'd be on video together. And then now it's just, you know, you did a vision night last night, the night before we were recording. I didn't even put a mic on. Like you just did the whole thing. A room was packed with volunteers and core people and they raved about it. And not a single person was like, where was Carrie? Well, I was in the third row, two rows behind Jeff with my wife participating as somebody who loves our church and is giving to our church church and contributing in the role that I can, but that public at presence, but private absence. So I wasn't in the staff meetings. I wasn't in leadership team. We did executive team for a while. And now it's just one-on-one. -on -one. And Jeff now pulls me in as sort of the special projects guy when he wants me there, but I'm there by invitation. And I even gave him my office in the church, gave up my office in the church, which, uh, you know, is another symbol that, Hey, there's a new sheriff in town and you should listen to him. Did you get any questions, Carrie, last night from volunteers? Even though it's been a year, did anybody come up and go, No, nope. you know? Not a single person is like, hey, how come? I wish I, you know, part of it, you, you can start to feel sorry for yourself. Like, clearly I did not do a very good job as a leader because nobody misses me. On the other hand, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really hoping they're not missing me because I'm still preaching and communicating, but I, I really like sincerely hope that and I really, I have no evidence to the contrary. Everybody's loyalty has shifted, including mine. And I just think it's a win because I think it was the right move at the right time. And what started, like, you know, there's a couple thousand people who call our church home. They only ever knew me as a leader. And if 
if I, you know, if I'm 55 or 60 or 65 or 70 years old and we're all 20 years older and we're all just talking about the good old days, I've failed as a leader. I've failed, you know, there were a couple of good decades or whatever, but I failed. What I hope is that we've extended the shelf life of our church and our mission and our growth by a decade or more by making this transition now. And then, you know, Jeff and I are already talking about, well, what happens in 10 or 15 years? And, you know, we got our eyes on some young leaders and, you know, who's, who's going to take over for Jeff, even though, you know, you've, you've got some time in the saddle for a right. long time coming up. Yeah, but that's right. We have to be looking ahead for sure. What uh, you, you'd mentioned that Jeff unveiled kind of where the vision is going next. Uh, but but let me ask you this, because I think our, our listeners are, are are probably asking this. Has there been a moment in this year, first carry for you, that you saw Jeff make a decision and you, you, you're not necessarily saying that's the wrong decision, but you go, I don't know if I would do that. And Jeff, is there something that you've done in the year that you wanted to change and that you did change, but you wondered what Carrie would think about it. Has there been any tension about that or is it you guys just have agreed and everything's gone perfect? I think on all the big stuff, we've totally agreed. Totally agreed. I, I you know, and, and again, this for the city vision that Jeff's unveiling, we sort of did round one of the vision together last year, but then Jeff and the leadership team went into for the city and Jeff bounced it all off me. And I don't, I don't honestly think I would have produced the same vision. Like the, the things that I think Jeff's vision is better. <laughs> I just do. I think it's really, really solid. And I mean, my wife and I, we're, we're personally responding to all the challenges Jeff has given the leader in the congregation. So I think it's great. You know, if I can say so publicly, and I guess we can always edit this out if sure. we disagree. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a couple of decisions where I'm like, man, if I was a lead pastor, but they're so trivial and they just play into my own quirks and personalities. Like for example, I would have had the office repainted by now. There's just scuffs on the wall that drive me crazy. But, you know, I, I don't think the whole mission is riding on that. Jeff, do you? Maybe maybe it is. Well, if I did, I would have had it painted yeah, already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so trivial. Uh, it's, it's just like, it's little tiny things like that, that I would have just probably not very healthily just said, just get it done. I don't know. And, and Jeff, Jeff, by the way, I mean, we've always been, we've been fairly blessed financially, but has done an unbelievable job just building the financial base of the church up to the point where we had our best financial summer ever. And without doing a major fundraising initiative, you've, you've kind of even improved the financial cash flow position of the church and everything. So I probably would have depleted it by spending $10,000 where we didn't need to spend $10,000, but you built it up. And you know what? I, I, I say that simply to say I fully support Jeff's decision. I think, so I'll be totally transparent here. From my perspective, you know, were there decisions where I thought, what's Carrie going to think? The answer is probably all the time. Um, oh. for the first while, all the time. Um, th there became a crossroad for me. Here, here's what I've told Carrie at one point. I said, when, when the pressure of becoming the lead pastor starts to push, all, all the things that I need to work on in my life start leaking out all the cracks. Hmm. Um, and that means I got to deal with all these things in my leadership, personally, my own insecurities, all of those things. And I got to the point where I had to say, it really started to flush out, Jeff, where in your life are you looking to Jesus when it comes to where your leadership should head? And where have you been following Carrie? And when you're a number two, those things blend together. But when you're the number one, then it's very, very different because I need to be looking to, to Christ for leadership of our church, not to Carrie. And so right. in the early days, 
it was like, oh, I wonder if Carrie's going to like this. I wonder if Carrie's going to approve of this. I wonder if, and that was, be, that was, I was the right hand for so long. And it took a while for me to work my way through. And there are probably still days. There, for sure, there are still days where I think, I wonder what Carrie will think. And, um, and I think that's just a process for me. I think it's normal. Um, I think it's not healthy to leave it. But uh, I think it has to continue to be addressed. But I think that's a normal part of the transition. I agree. I, I don't think there should be this expectation that you'll always agree on everything. That's just not how life works. And, yeah. you, you you know, as leaders, we look at things differently. But, uh, again, you guys have handled this remarkably, remarkably well. well um, and Jeff's done so a great I'll, job of it. Sorry to interrupt. But Jeff's done a great uh, job of soliciting feedback, too. You know, I've heard of other scenarios where, you know, the, the successor almost banishes the the former leader it's like we're publicly great smile for the camera carry but privately it's like get out of my office and jeff has just been fantastic he's very open he looks for counsel i try not to give opinions unless i'm asked but you ask an awful lot and i, I think that's a sign of wisdom and i think at a, at a certain point we're just colleagues you know we're just friends mm -hmm. and the further we get away from the transition date last fall, the more it will probably, I hope, feel that way to you. Yeah, I think a couple of things too, a couple of, um, that might be helpful to people are a couple of rules and ways to think about things I think have been helpful. One of them has been, uh, I've said to Carrie, if you've got feedback about something you see, I want to hear it. I don't want you to disengage. I, st I still want to hear that feedback. Yeah. But, um, but don't give it directly to another staff member, but give that feedback to me because for the other staff member, it puts them in an awkward position, right? Now my, now my, in a sense, my old boss is giving me feedback, but they're not still the boss, but they still work here. And I know that Jeff's looking to them for support. So it's sort of, hey, Carrie, the best thing to do is to give feedback through me when you have a kind of either live and in the moment or save a telepoint afterwards. The other thing is, it's really up to me as the leader to figure out the spots that Kerry needs to be engaged and the spots that that he doesn't. That's like that's my job as the as the leader of anybody who serves on our staff team. And so for Kerry, I I have to look I don't want to create a chasm either between him and the staff where, you know, I don't want people to get the picture that carries off working in a, his ivory tower somewhere and he just shows up on Sunday morning. That's not the way this looks. But we pick our spot specifically as to where he has to remain engaged in the mission in the way that it's best for my staff, best for our church and um and leverages carries gifts really really well. And so uh, I'm continually trying to, to look at that and manage it well so that we can leverage the gifts that God has given Carrie as much as we can as a church. Yeah, and I think you've done a great job of that. Like there was a little bit of adjustment in the first few months for sure. Uh, and part of it is, you know, I'm a leader. I always have an opinion. So if Jeff, if Jeff brings me into a room, I'm going to say something. Or if I say nothing in that room, um, then people know that something's up. Like Carrie yeah. just doesn't shut up that way. One of the things we learned early on is I never bring Carrie into a meeting without telling him first what I want him to do in that meeting. Yeah. Because otherwise he just walks in going, am I supposed to be quiet? Am I supposed to listen? Am I supposed to give feedback? Like, what is my role in this meeting? And so often I'll send him an email. Hey, in this meeting, this is your role. You need to share as many ideas as you've got because we need them. That's a part of being a part of this team. 
Or in this meeting, uh, when you're with us, I need you to be an encouragement to the people around you in this meeting. Tell them you appreciate what they're doing in their ministry. Really connect with this. This is about relationship building. Or I just want you to listen to the group and then give me your feedback afterwards. His role is not always the same in every meeting. And in doing that, you're you're modeling and leading the staff in terms of how they should approach this transition as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think for them, I understand that for our staff, it's also, uh, there's an awkwardness to it as well. The person who was my boss is now a part of the team with me. It's like, it, it is awkward on a certain level. And I'll at times encourage, if my staff come to me and they say, hey, there's this thing with Carrie, I'm not sure how to handle it. I'll say, well, you need to go to direct with Carrie, to talk to Carrie. He's a teammate of yours and you need to go to speak to him. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to become the pipeline to Carrie. Right. Um, you, if you have an issue with Carrie, you need to speak to Carrie. And if you need coaching in that situation, then I'm available. But I reckon I'll say to them, I recognize for you that that's different um, because now you see Carrie as a teammate, not as the boss. Well, and along those lines, let, let's transition to a couple more, couple of final questions. But for you, Jeff, what's been the best part of the transition? You've talked about a lot of good things about the transition, and what's been the hardest? And then Carrie, I want to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, the the best part of the transition has really been, I think, um, like I'm a collaborative person and it's been seeing our staff really um, galvanized as a team more and more every day. I think there's also um, a new resolve around the mission because we went through the, the transition uh, between Carrie and I and the staff transition. Those difficult times that come with their challenges force everybody to question am I really for this mission? Because if I'm not, then like, this is too hard. And what it's done is it's reinvigorated the staff with a purpose of, man, I'm all out for reaching unchurched people. And that's what I want to do. And whether they're new or whether they're ones who've been around for a while. And the other benefit has been, I spent years in student ministry. So we've got a number of staff, um, people who've joined our leadership development program who are all uh, in their 20s, well, these are people, this is the same age I've done student ministry with for years, but now they're becoming leaders within our church. And it's been a lot of fun to journey with those young leaders. Those have really been, I think, the highlights for sure. Did you ask about the hardest part? Hardest part, um, I think the hardest part has been when you have um, this amount of weight that comes all at one time, as I said earlier, it pushes it push, pushes all your insecurities, all your issues to the forefront. Uh, I would say that for the first six months, I, I wasn't public about it, but I, I mean, I, I shared it with Carrie. I shared it with my wife, Leslie. Like I said, I feel like all my flaws are showing uh, all at one time. And, um, and I felt they were showing to my staff and I felt that they were showing to my family and I felt that they were showing to myself. And and realizing, okay, th- this is going to be part of this. This this is going to be part of this journey is working on myself. And the better that I lead myself, the better that I can lead our church. And I've heard that a hundred times, but it becomes so evident when you see so many areas that need work at the same time. Uh, and for me, that that has been, I think, a reward that, that continues to be a rewarding part of the journey, but I think as well, the, the hardest part of the journey for me. And for many leaders, maybe all of us, there, there's the question, if I were in charge, if I were in charge, and you, <laughs> now for you, Jeff, it's like, oh no, I am in charge. Right. And so you instantly felt that pressure come onto you. But I think it's really smart for you to uh, to, to focus and to continue to 
uh, focus on yourself, get better as a leader. That's, that's the thing that's within your most, most within your control. Mm -hmm. Carrie, how about you? What's been the best and hardest? The best part for me, uh, almost a year into this is to actually see it work. Like that, that is such a thrill. There's a relief to it. It's like, wow, how do you pass a baton? How do you hand this off? It's just done so poorly. And, you know, it's like businesses. I think our, our friend Casey Graham said on a recent episode, 90% of all businesses just end with the first generation with the founder. And we're in a generation of churches now that were started by pastors that are now large, like you know, Connexus isn't the largest church in the world by any stretch, but in our country, it's probably one of the top 100, 200 churches around, period. And in our community, it's played a real, real role. And I just didn't want what started with me to end with me. And to see Jeff pick it up and do it so capably and to see our church stronger and growing and healthy is just such a relief and such a thrill and such a, a joy for me. It's kind of like it's kind of like seeing, and I don't I don't mean to be paternalistic, but it's kind of like seeing your kid grow up and they launch and they're doing okay. Like they're actually they're growing beyond you. You know that that's great. That's really really exciting for me personally, and I'm just I'm just glad to see Jeff really. You know, he's not transitioning anymore. He is the lead pastor of Connexus Church. And to see our church just handle it so well, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say not a single person in a year has come to me and said, did you make a mistake? You know, with that kind of knowing tone or, or right. why, why aren't you the lead pastor anymore? Like nobody, nobody. And I, I, I think that's good. I think that's good. The hardest part, I don't know, it... It hasn't been tremendously difficult um, from where I'm sitting. I think I did a lot of processing on the front end. It, it was the summer of open-handed prayer. That's how I'll, I'll always remember the summer of 2015. That was with Jeff, with our elders, with mentors, with my wife, you know, with my inner circle, just processing this. Because when you're ready to make the move, right, I still held the veto card until the end of August of last year. Well, technically until the fall when, you know, I could have been the biggest jerk in the world and, you know, done an 11th hour like, hey, what was I thinking? But... You know, yeah, you that still, would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. We would have been great friends. Yeah, awesome. But you know, you I did a lot of my processing on the front end and prayerfully and like consulted experts and saw where the the pitfalls were. And I knew, you know, one of them, believe it or not, is financial. And I still have to work for a few more years, but I don't need that to principally be from the church. So financially, it's not like, oh, I absolutely need this job and I need this salary to survive. So that was good. But then the second thing was just leaders do not do well when the future is dimmer than the past. And so I had to believe that our church's future was going to be brighter in the, in the future with a new leader in place. And I really felt that with Jeff in place, that would be true. And, and that's turned out to be true. And then the second thing is I had to have stuff that I was excited about. And it's not like I'm spending infinitely more amounts of time on things like this podcast or my writing or speaking or doing books. I do actually have more time for that. But the mental bandwidth that has been freed up by being able to focus on communication in all of my life. Like I'm a communicator at Connexus. I'm a communicator in my blog and podcast. I'm a communicator when I speak. I'm a communicator when I write. Like that kind of laser focus. I just think, you know, not even, even Sunday morning, you mentioned like being able to focus on the people, but Jeff, walking into the church on Sunday morning 
and not worrying about whether E-Teams was late or, you know, the production crew, do we have, do we have enough camera people today? Or, you know, not that we have those problems week to week, we don't, but you know, you know, all those little things that you worry about or the mix isn't right. I still worry about the mix, but you know, Hey, the mix isn't right. Or that light's burnt out. Or when is this coming in? Like you walk in with 10,000 thoughts in your head as a lead pastor. And now that I'm removed from a lot of that, it's like all that white noise is gone. And I'm like, my job is to communicate. And so, uh, it's, it's been great. I'm, 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 I'm honestly, I feel more comfortable and more excited about the future of our church probably than in the last year or two that I was the lead pastor, because I feel like the fits right again, hardest part, (laughs) because I process so much on the front end, it hasn't been that difficult. It's been pretty thrilling, but I had a moment where, you know, I'd offered my office to you, Jeff, uh, in the summer when we were going through this, you're like, no, that's your office. You know, I'll just keep my office. And then right around the time the transition happened, you came to me and said, well, I talked to my mentors and yeah, I think I should have your office. And I said, yeah, you know what? I agree. I agree. You should like, that's why I offered it to you. I just think if you're the boss, you should have the boss's office. Right? So anyway, you, you said, Hey, let's not do this right now. Let's do it over the Christmas break. So over the Christmas break, some crew went in, they emptied out my office. They brought it all over to my house. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with this. You know, I'm going to build a new office for me in my house, etc." And Then I went in to preach the first Sunday of January and I walk into the building and it's winter. So I've got like a hat and a coat and my bag and all that. And I go upstairs and like, it's not my office anymore. And it says Jeff Brody lead pastor. And I had this like little inner temper tantrum where I started to sulk. And my assistant, Sarah, at the time, I just said, can I put my stuff at your desk? Like I started this church and raised all the money and I have no place to put my bag. <laughs> like, this is stupid. And so emotionally, like, I totally agreed. If you ask the leader in me, I'm like, this is absolutely the right move. But there was an emotional part of me that was just like put out. And so I went home and I prayed about it. And I talked to my wife about it. I talked to you about it, Jeff. And I just realized that's just, you know, grieving your losses. Like I did give something up and there's parts of it I miss. And by Wednesday, I was fine. And, you know, Jeff's super generous. He's like, use my office whenever you want. And I do sometimes, but like, that's just, that's just history. So it's, it's been mostly upside. Can I just say one, one other thing? Cause I think there's another highlight that, that I think is really important. And, uh, our elders have been key to this transition. Oh yeah. They've been brilliant. And I would not want that to get missed. Um, these are a group of guys, uh, a number of them who've been with Carrie for a long, long time. And, uh, when they decided, basically the way it kind of phased in was they made me the lead pastor on October 1st. And then um, and then we sort of started to roll it out with sort of a public rollout November 1st, um, although our staff knew and some other key people. And uh, they immediately, the moment that happened, moved their loyalty, in a sense, as the lead pastor to me. Um, and Carrie, uh, we invite, I invite him as a guest to the elders meeting. So he's at majority of the meetings and um but for them to say okay jeff we're behind you from day one i mean just instantly it's not that they don't love carrie and so they don't care for carrie of course they do but for them uh they didn't just say it with their words and i'll never forget actually the first elders meeting i was in a sense you know running us through the agenda at the meeting instead of carrie but carrie was there and the elders there were a number of them that kept looking at carrie but i was the one who was talking (laughs) And just reflex. <laughs> a couple of the guys just in the meeting, that's right, in the meeting just said, we're sorry, like, it's just reflex. We just keep looking at Kerry. We know he's not the lead pastor anymore. It's just been that way for so long. Yeah. 
And, and the bonds with those guys are deep. I, I should say, if there's one thing I do miss, I miss the elders. Sure. I miss the elders. And I put together a personal advisory board last fall. Jeff Henderson, you're on it, and a couple of other people are on it. And, you know, they're they're sort of my elders now. They're sort of the people I turn to. But And, and I think another good practice that you and I did is you, because I would always have breakfast with the elders, you know, and kind of made the rotation. And you ask no one-on-one breakfasts or meetings with the elders for six months. And I think that was a really good call on your part. It was hard. Yeah, it, was it hard was hard for them. It was really hard for me because we actually, believe it or not, we actually like each other. Like, so now, <laughs> now we have a great relationship. We have all that history, but I want to, and also now it's okay if I have breakfast with them from time to time, but sure. I don't want to impinge on that territory too much because they have a new leader and he's a great leader and I have a new leader and I want to completely respect and honor that. But yeah, saying goodbye to the elders. And we looked at different ways of doing it that I would still run the elder board and that you would run that. But then we thought, no, if you're the leader, you're the leader, you get everything that goes with that, including the elders. And so I had to invent a new system for me. Well, and I, as an outsider, I just have to say, you know, if you look at it, if you explain the situation to somebody, I think they could say, okay, this is, this is potentially ripe with problems, but the way that you both have handled this and the elders have handled it have made this transition go incredibly well. And I think it will continue to go well as you continue to have the openness and the support and the humility. All of that said, Kerry, I'd like for you to talk to the senior leaders as we close. Jeff, I'd like for you to talk to younger leaders as we close. What would you say about transition world? Again, not a lot's written about this. What, what would you say, how can a senior leader handle transition from your perspective, Kerry? Jeff, from your perspective, what can younger leaders do to prepare for the transition like this? What would you want to say to those two groups? Yeah, I would say, is what started with you going to end with you? And are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Are you, you know, do you have to be the guy or the girl, the woman who, who it's like, you know, I'm responsible for all the glory days and a younger leader in me would have said, yeah, I want it that way. And just as I've matured and gotten older, it's like, nah, the mission is bigger than me and I don't want it to be about me. Like that's not actually success in leadership. And I think it takes a lot of personal growth and it takes some security um, on your part. And I'm not saying I'm the most secure person in the world or I'm the most mature person in the world, but you know, I got to the point by the grace of God where I just kind of realized I don't want what starts with me to end with me. And then secondly, you know, is the mission bigger than you? You are not the mission, right? You're just not the mission. Jesus is the mission. And you know, I, I would hope that whatever I build in this life has a life beyond it, right? That, that really, you know, the way business leaders think about it, it's one thing to have a business that runs without you. It's another thing to have a business or a church that grows without you. And my deepest, and, and we're seeing this already, like Jeff's done a great job in, you know, 11 months since, you know, we're into this transition, but like, I think Connexus is going to grow exponentially beyond me. And rather than that, that being a failure, I think that's a tremendous success. You know, when, you're, when, when your baby grows and flourishes, and you've had that experience at Buckhead and Equinet Church, Jeff, where it, it hopefully gets better with that. Absolutely. That's, that is the goal. And, and when I left Buckhead Church and Billy Phoenix has just taken Buckhead Church to a completely different level, uh, it's just, he's just done a remarkable job. But that, that is the win. That is the win. I think so. So, Jeff... Tell us from your perspective, what would you tell younger leaders who um, are thinking about 
transitions or what can anything from preparation to what did you do to prepare for this moment? Anything that you would like to share with younger leaders? Yeah, I think um, as a younger leader, um, there will there will eventually, um, I think, as you grow, be be positions available to you. And um, whether those are positions that are available to you in the organization that you're in or positions that will become available to you in other organizations. And um, don't make your decision based on the positions that are available to you. Make your decision on the mission that's available to you and the one that you're passionate about. Once you figure out the mission for you, you get on the bus at the right place, then you'll sit in any seat on the bus to, to make that happen. I think that's kind of number one is find a mission, get behind it, get in a place that aligns with what, what you're passionate about. And then, um, and then as God opens up the doors, you'll see the positions a whole lot differently, I think, in, in that kind of context versus, I think so often in church world, we get around, well, now I'm the, you know, the youth pastor and, and I would love to have a position as the executive pastor. And now that position has been offered to me and it becomes all about the positions and the mission gets lost in the mix, in the, in the middle of all of that. And, uh, and I think the other thing is don't just find the mission that resonates with you, but then um, go to the thing that you can't do on your own. I'm, I'm 40, so I'm not that young. Uh, I'm young, but not super young. Well, if you're a certain age, it's great. Right, young. right. I don't know if 40 in the middle. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Okay. In the middle. In the middle, the land of insecurity. But, um, <laughs> but I think... I, I just went, as I'm 40, I look at people my age and older, and I see so many, I, I see a number of leaders who are in positions, and you look at them and you think, like, you're stuck. You, like, you're stuck there where you are. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, you're somewhere between 40 and 45, and you're just kind of at a certain point phoning it in at that point. And it's sort of, I'm going to choose a comfortable position. You know, I've kind of got the right position. I'm in the right slot. And now I'm just going to kind of sit here and do ministry to retirement. And I just thought, I just don't want that. I mean, in some senses, that became my greatest fear, that I would just continue to be the executive director at Conexus. And I look in the mirror in 45 and go, oh, like, this has been fun, but what did I miss? Like, what was possible? And I think now I've jumped into something where I go, whatever's possible, I know it's not on my own, that I can't do it on my own. And so once you align yourself with a mission, don't be able to step, don't be afraid to step into things that, that you can't do on your own. Can I add one more thing for senior leaders? Yeah. Because as you're talking, it occurred to me, Jeff, you were basically, you weren't quite the lead pastor. <laughs> there was a big transition that actually happened, but you were leading at that level within your role. I mean, it's not like I found you six levels down in the organization. It's like, hey, you could do this. Like you, you, you had already demonstrated in my mind, and clearly, you know, the shortest part of the conversation was, who's the next lead pastor? It's Jeff, right? Yeah, it's Jeff. Okay, great. So on to the next part. You know, like that's that was your job interview, um, and, and you clearly had won the confidence of all of the elders and myself and the staff and the leadership team and the volunteers. I mean, you had done that just based on your dedication to the mission and your performance. But you know, my my last piece of advice for point leaders who are thinking about: Do I go? When do I go? I had people. Because all counsel is not good counsel, but I actually had people tell me, just hang on to the lead title, lead pastor title, make Jeff do all the work, you know, collect the salary and do what you want to do. 
And I'm like, I just can't. Because if I'm Jeff Brody, I don't respect that. I know that basically I've moved into some fake role where I'm holding on to a title. So, you know, I just, I just couldn't do that. I just could not. I just in good conscience. I don't think you keep leaders in that kind of scenario. I think you can always find a team. I just, you know, if I was Jeff, I wouldn't have stayed under that scenario. What? You want the title and you want all the responsibility, but you're, you're basically phoning it in. So I would say to senior leaders, don't hang on to a title. Look for a role. And, you know, the joy of my life right now is I still get to be on the team. I get to play a role. And it's not a forced role. Like, I love going to church on Sundays. I love going to the meetings that Jeff invites me into. I love hanging out with our elders when I get the opportunity to do that. I love creating new series. I love giving opinions on the vision and the strategy and the direction. And I love getting to play a part of that. And your role may not be the same as my role. But like, if you're, if you're trying to figure out that, how do I not have this role, but still find a role that is healthy and constructive? Don't worry about the title. Exactly what Jeff was saying. Look for the role. What, what do you think about that, Jeff? Absolutely. Because if, if Carrie, so let's, let's, let's just play that out. So if Carrie had said, okay, I'm going to be the lead pastor, but you're going to do all the work. I'll be honest. I probably would have done that for a little bit. Um, cause I love Carrie and I, I love the mission and I would make that happen. But that would only last so long, yeah. and then, um, and then I would end up saying, "Hey, like either I'm going to do one of two things: I'm going to just keep doing this and phone it in and become disgruntled, or I'm going to leave and go somewhere else where I've got more of an opportunity to lead." And and if he would have done that, that's how leaders, I think, end up on an island after a while. Well, and nobody in the organization respects you. That's right. Like, I think people still respect me. They respect the role. Like, I'm actually contributing to the team. And I'm actually making it better in the, in the role with, hopefully, you know, I'll have to ask my boss. But, sure. you know. <laughs> performance reviews are performance right after review this interview. Right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll keep the tape rolling. But, you know, I get, I get to play a role that I'm very excited about. And I think the team understands and respects that. And I, I, just, I just think it's got to fit. And right now, this totally fits for me. And it totally fits for you. And I think our church is better off for it. And the future is brighter for it. Well, from my perspective, you know, I've had a unique uh, perspective on this because I was, again, that's why I'm doing this. I was there when this transition took place. Sure were. Saw it and firsthand. one of my counselors in the and process. And you, you walked me through this, uh, through your thinking even before this happened. And it's been incredible to watch. So both of you guys and your elders and the staff and the church need to be commended for, for handling and leading this transition so incredibly well. So kudos to you. Um, guys, tell us how we can stay in touch with what's happening at Connexus Church. Yeah. ConnexusChurch.com is our website. That was one of the special projects Jeff put me on. I got to oversee the redesign of the website and the launch of the online campus. Stuff like that mm-hmm. continues to be a lot of fun for me. And then how about you on social, Jeff? Yeah, you can check me out at Jeff Brody on all the channels if you want to connect with me there, social media and Facebook. And Connexus the same. You can go to, well, it's Connexus Barry or Connexus Aurelia. Those are two, are two uh, campuses as well on all the social media channels. Yeah, and we'll have everything in the show notes. That's too. awesome. Well, Carrie, at this point, I'm going to officially turn the controls of the podcast back over to you. So, so the the hot, not so hostile takeover is now over. So I haven't been succeeded on my podcast then, Jeff. <laughs> no, Maybe that's a whole church, other transition. But, okay, <laughs> okay, right. we're looking for a permanent guest host. So I think you you're the leading contender. And hey, well, thanks for letting me be a part of this, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. I just want to say thank you so much. This has been a conversation that's been important to me for a long time, and we get asked about it all the time. And um, it's a it's a joy to be able to have it with uh, with both. Honored to help. Thanks, thanks, Carrie. 
okay, there you go. That that was it. That was sort of what we did last year. And I got to tell you, like I said in the interview, I am loving it. Absolutely loving the transition. And Jeff's just such a great leader and has done an incredible job. And I counted a privilege to serve under him. So I would love to hear from you. Hey, if you are like that guy in the second seat wondering, am I ever going to run this thing? Like what's going to happen? Love to hear your perspective on today's conversation. If you're a senior pastor who maybe has been hanging on and you know inside a little bit too long, maybe this has given you some some encouragement along the way. Or if you're like, I can't ever imagine myself stepping back. Well, you know, I'd love to hear from you as well. So uh, leave a comment in the show notes. You can go to kerryneuhoff.com slash episode 110. Also leaders, I want to tell you about three books that can really help you in the midst of thinking about succession. And honestly, you should be thinking about this if you're in your 30s and your 40s. It's like, what's next? Right? You got to think about that. So three books that I think you could find helpful. So book that I'm just finishing reading right now is actually called Passing the Leadership Baton by Tom Mullins. Great book, really practical. He served for three decades as the founding and senior pastor of Christ Fellowship in Florida, multi-site church, more than 40,000 people. Handed the ministry over to his son, has some great insight in that book. So you'll want to look at that. There's another book called Next, which is by William Vanderblumen and Warren Bird. Super practical. It's for study by church boards as well. Really helpful. We'll link to that in the show notes. And then finally, this one I haven't read, but I've heard great things about it. It's on my list. It's called Transition Plan by Bob Russell from Southeast Christian Church. So he led that for decades and decades, handed things over to Dave Stone. And uh, more recently, there's going to be a transition there again. So some great practical resources that can help you. You do not need to bungle this. You do not need to like, you know, spent years agonizing over things that other people have figured out. And so hopefully our conversation was helpful. Hopefully those books are going to be helpful to you because I just want to see this thing work. And I don't want to see, you know, great effective churches just kind of implode or slowly fade away after their leader isn't leading anymore. So hopefully um, this can help. So next week we are back. I'm going to sit down with Todd Wilson, the founder of Exponential and many other things. Fascinating conversation about finding your calling and much more. And then uh, we are back two weeks from now with a great episode. And I'm going to be talking to Les McEwen. Now, he's a business leader. I am fascinated by his work. I read his book, Predictable Success, and went, holy cow, I got to meet this guy. So anyway, I did. And I had a great conversation that I think will blow your mind. So the way you make sure you don't miss this stuff is just to subscribe. If you haven't done that yet, it's free on Google Play, on iTunes, or wherever you happen to get your podcast. Just subscribe for free. That way you never miss an episode. If you would be so kind as to leave an honest rating and review, I would be very grateful for that. And we are back next Tuesday with more. And Canadian Church Leaders, it is launching on Monday, November the 7th, and will be available every month, first Monday of the month. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay, so hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. Thank you again to our sponsors. Make sure you check them out, EA Help and Enjoy Stewardship. So visit their websites. All the links are in the show notes. And I really do hope that our time together today has helped you lead like never before. You've been listening to the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Join us next time for more insights on leadership, change, and personal growth to help you lead like never before.